Good morning. Morning. Uh, I thought it was night. Oh, it is. Yeah, my bad. I was trying to share this thing, and uh, here we go. It was wasn't wanting to show up, so I'm going to share this. I'm not ignoring anyone. I'm just sharing this real quick, and uh, and then we will get to this. We haven't done this in a while, have we, Seabass? It's been a minute. Oh no! Uh, last last thing we talked about was the uh, Halloween thing, and that was like what four weeks ago, five. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. I know when yeah. we, you know at the end of that podcast we were talking about how we wanted to do a rock meets wrestling podcast. That's right. And, uh, we've been trying to do it for the last couple of weeks, but for one thing or another, I've been busy or something and um, haven't been able to do it. But we finally are able to do it, and we actually got another guest with us. We have Josh DeBoard from DeBoardRoom and WhatTheBuzz.com. He has his own podcast uh, where they – well, I'll let, I'll let Josh tell you what, more about what he does. Yeah, so uh, WhatTheBuzz.com, it's a website that's going to be up and going here very shortly, so keep an eye on the uh, – at WTB.com is our Facebook. You put that in on Facebook, you'll find our page and like us there, and this is also our Twitter um, I do the boardroom, which is basically sports, NFL right now, whatever's hot. And then uh, Thursdays, I do a podcast called Regularly Scheduled Hostilities, which is WWE and professional wrestling only. And uh, that's every Thursday at 6 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, catch us tomorrow with Tyson Kidd. That'll be pretty yeah. cool. Very oh, cool. Tyson Kidd, very nice, man. man. Tyson Kidd, I think he's an underrated wrestler in my opinion. It was very sad he had to retire at such a young oh, age. Oh, yeah. Very sad. So how long have you been a wrestling fan, man? I was six. I seen Stone Cold come out, kick Vince where the sun doesn't shine and stun him and pour beer on his head. So yeah. I was hooked from I was hooked from the get go. I was like, Dad, is this allowed? He was like, Yep. And we me and my dad we we always watch wrestling. He don't watch it much anymore because the entertainment factors kind of turns him off because it's not like the good old days. So he kinda yeah. my dad watches every now and then. Mm-hmm. But I've watched Every I couldn't tell you the last time I missed a wrestling show. I DVR. I, I stay. I've stayed up to date since so I was probably six, seven years old. Wow, nice. Awesome. Yeah. So who? Uh, growing up, who were you guys' favorite wrestlers? Josh, you can go first. Stone Cold was my first favorite. He was the kind of yeah. the first one I was aware of, and then uh, my favorite of all times, John Cena. Yeah. From the uh, Doctor of Thugonomics. Got really, uh, as growing up in a kid in a bad part of Middletown, rap music was always my thing. And I was like, he came out, did the chain, did all. He, yeah. You know, back then, they could actually cuss and actually show emotion and write their own stuff. Not like today where they're told what to do. He was my favorite of all time. But nowadays, I'm a huge fiend Bray Wyatt guy. I yeah. think the character is very Bray captivating and very Love interesting. Um, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, obviously, are the oh, two yeah. main guys now. Uh, there's a lot of good guys. I wish they got a little more leeway like they did back in the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era, but I enjoy it still. I watch enough to watch six, seven hours of wrestling a week. Yeah, it's it's on like crazy now. I remember when like Mondays and, you know, what it was on Tuesdays or it is. No, it, it was on Tuesdays. Now it's on Fridays, was on Thursdays. But but now you've got you've got Raw on Monday. Tuesday night you have nothing. Am I right on that? Impact. Impact. Impact Wrestling. And then Uh, Thursday night, you've got NXT and AEW. Thursday night, is there anything? I don't Uh, think so. I know NWA's back. I just don't know which night it's on. 
Yeah, Friday nights you've got SmackDown, and then uh, if there's a pay per view, it's usually on Sundays. So it's jam packed with that stuff now. And yeah, um, thanks to the uh, you know the little app they put out, the WWE Network, which is full of matches and history. It's like wow. Yeah, there's it's so like much a time stuff. capsule. You get, you just go in, and you're just like, I don't know where to start. Yeah, yeah. There's so much stuff on there. I actually just watched the. This is kind of off subject, but I just watched the Liv Morgan uh, documentary that was on there. That was really really good. Oh wow. Yeah, and you know what the coolest thing about that is? She produced that? it herself. Oh really? That's what happens oh, wow. when you allow your talent to do their own stuff. She produced yeah. that whole documentary on her own. She never produced anything before. Wow! Wow! That, that's an incredible. That's impressive. I didn't know that until this morning. I listened to if you guys love wrestling, busted open. You guys probably heard of it yeah. with Lagreca and Bully Ray and Dreamer and all them. They mm -hmm. were talking about that this morning. Very informative. So I get a lot of my. Uh, I'm a kind of hot headed with wrestling. I get very emotional, and I like this sucked. And then I listen to them, and they put it into context, and I'm like, oh, that's why they did this. So it's it's pretty. Yeah. It, yeah. it makes you level-headed, but they were talking about it. They're like, yeah, she was on the show last week, and she said she produced it. And I was like, damn, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. If you haven't seen it, I recommend recommend you checking it out. Oh, I uh, had to. Who, who's your favorite wrestler? Oh, gosh. Um, Are you dressed as him right now? Well, Brett <laughs> is one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, I've always Where's enjoyed Bret Hart's performers. Yeah, that's right. I, I got to <laughs> Best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Where's your glasses? <laughs> it didn't come with it. I was so mad about what? that. Um, I also got the wig over there, but it's kind of messed up, and yeah. I couldn't put it on. But uh, Brett's one of my favorite uh, wrestlers from the Attitude Era. And, you know, I've always enjoyed his performances. But Shawn Michaels, and, yeah, this is quite controversial because, you know, those two had the biggest feud in wrestling history. Yeah, a lot of drama. He's always actually been my favorite wrestler. I think he was one of the most most uh, talented in-ring performers, uh, performers of the time. And you know, I've always enjoyed his matches, even though he loses a lot. But I, I understand why he does it. You know, he's putting over people. Yeah. But, you know, some say that he should have won, you know, 10 times for the heavy warweight champion. What do you say to that, Josh? You think he should have won more than, than four? Probably, but the thing that people forget is if you've only won it, if you're a four-time champion, that means you didn't lose it nine times. That's what True. people are like, oh, my God, Ric Flair has won the title 16 times. Well, it's like, well, that means he lost it 15, as impressive as 16 oh is. So it wasn't necessary. Uh, my buddy Chuck Winchester, he'll be hopping in in the comments at some point. That's his my co-host on uh, RSH every Thursday. That's his favorite wrestler of all time as well. He loves Shawn Michaels and everything he yeah. did from the gimmick. Dude, the music fit. It was just a purpose. Oh, yeah. It's him. That's the thing. Like, Shawn Michaels is that sexy boy, and that's how he acted. And I hate what they've done to the sweet chin music nowadays because everybody uses it. Oh, yeah, super, everybody Everybody does. super kicks. And it's sad uh, because the sweet chin music was such a good finisher. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think he I needed see, it. No, I agree. I mean, he did a lot of crazy things in the ring that to the point where it's like, I don't think Shawn needs belts. He's already proved what he can do. And yes, I agree. There's everybody's using the super kick, you know, Kofi uh, Kingston's using it. And I love Kofi. I really do. I think he's a great performer, but I see him using it. I see Dolph using it and I love Dolph as well, but it's like, guys, easy on the sweet chin music. Yeah. yeah. I hate the young bucks. 
because they use the damn thing so much. Like uh-huh. super kick party, it's like so you're burying the one of the greatest finishers yeah. of all time. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta stop yeah. that. Right. <laughs> yeah, my my favorite wrestler of all time is probably Shawn Michaels as well. Um, I I grew up, you know, loving DX um, and Stone Cold and Ric Flair. Um, Cause, and then I'd I'd probably have to say The Rock was probably my fourth favorite. He was just incredible on the mic and uh, just entertaining as hell all the time. Um, but yeah, those, those are definitely my favorite wrestlers. Uh, if we're talking current wrestlers, uh, The Fiend and uh, Alexa Bliss are my two favorites. And I love that they're together now. So that's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I love it. Joker Harley Quinn vibes, right? That's exactly how I feel. My sister's all, my sister's huge wrestling fan. She's a Randy Orton fan. So she's very upset oh, right now. Right. Because, right. Um, yeah, Bray Wyatt or The Fiends going after him for burning down the compound years ago. And she's like, yeah. what does. She's like, what does Alexa Bliss even do? And I was like, she's Harley. She's seen Batman. She, I was like, Bliss is going to be the distractor. Then the Fiend's going to pounce. And sorry, your boy's going to get his ass kicked at some point during this feud. Yeah. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a great feud. Like it's a story. She's still younger. It's like it's a story. It'll get there. Just be patient. As wrestling fans, we want it now, and yep. we want a story at the same time. So it's like you have to pick one. You can't be uh, on both sides. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I'm definitely enjoying that a lot, uh, that whole angle. But, um, but yeah. I also like that the fact that you have a Ric Flair belt in your room. I do, actually. Let me see if I can pull this down without knocking over my shelf. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there he is. Yeah, so my dad bought me this when I was a kid. Uh, it's a Ric Flair uh, WCW awesome. belt. Well, I got to meet nice. Rick at a, uh, uh, it was like a horror convention, I think, over in Indianapolis. And if you can see it, it's signed. Oh, dude, that's badass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So uh, uh, did, he, did he shout, woo, when, you, when he signed that? <laughs> no, he was, uh, he was very reserved when I met him. But, uh, but yeah, it was really cool. It's always cool to uh, to know, you know, follow someone so long and then you're standing right next to them. It's kind of like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so what we're on here to, to discuss is uh, rock, rock and wrestling. When like rock and wrestling have collided over the years, um, there's many instances where uh, rock and roll ended up on wrestling and um from from different things to where there were characters, there was entrance music, there were uh, bands that performed on, um, you know, a, a show or were at a show. So we we figured we would uh, kind of dive into that a little bit and uh, and you know maybe educate somebody on something that they've never heard before. Um, so we have. The first thing that um, being a KISS fan when I was younger and, and on WCW, there was a KISS wrestling character that was uh, that came out and um, I can't remember what year it was, maybe 98 or. Uh, oh, that that was. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That was 1999. 99. WCW. Uh, yeah. yeah. KISS had their own demon character. Yeah. And I remember they were like when they introduced him. They had Kiss play God of Thunder, yep. and uh, and then the demon character like rose out of this like tomb. It was almost like a Spinal Tap looking uh, kind of tube or a tomb looking thing, and um, 
And I remember as a kid loving it, thinking it was really cool. Um, and I guess he was actually the son of Jeff Torborg. Um, the, the, the wrestler's name was Dale Torborg. Uh, well, actually, what's interesting is um, there was another guy that was actually there. His name was Brian Adams. Not to get confused yeah. with the uh, artist Brian Adams, but I guess Brian didn't work out with the character very well that they had to get Torborg to do it. Yeah, that's and right. Torberg right. liked it. Yeah. I was actually at a KISS convention, um, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago. And Dale Dale was there in the whole demon character, and you could go get a picture with him in it and stuff like that. I didn't, but uh, it was kind of cool to see him walking around all, all dressed up like that. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that was a pretty unique – I don't think any other band has had, you know – an associated character. I don't know. That's not true. Insane Clown Posse was like a um, a thing, wasn't it? Weren't they in? Uh, I don't remember. I like uh, was... Josh, do you know? I don't remember Insane Clown Posse. I feel like they were wrestlers or something like that at one time. Maybe I, I don't know. I can't think of any wrestlers that were portrayed as like a. Let me Google this. Part of a rock band outside of this one. This is the only one that really came to mind. Right. And so uh, and this one didn't last very long either. Like not didn't really, really make it, it a show. It was a one day like a one day show, I think. Um they were uh this is the time when WCW was kind of having financial problems. The ratings were going down and WWF was finally becoming like, you know, the king again. And I'm, I'm guessing uh, they were trying to get all the characters from Kiss to be have their have wrestlers have their own gimmicks, but since it failed, it kind of just you know disappeared, and then WWF bought WCW. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jeremy Schultz says ICP were wrestlers at one time. I thought so. I know I wasn't crazy. I'll uh, have to Google that and watch that then. I googled it, but I can't really find. It says the team later wrestled uh, in WW, uh, WWE with the oddities. World Championship Wrestling, Wrestling with the Deadpool and the Dark Carnival uh, and NWA, TNA. And they were also in Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Wow, they've got a career, man. Nice. <laughs> uh, I might have to look into more than that because I didn't know anything yeah. about that. But other than that, um, yeah, I can't really think of a, a, another rock band that was associated um, with wrestling in that sense where they were an actual character. Um, obviously, it didn't really work out that well with Kiss, but um, still but, an interesting concept. Well, could you imagine, though? I mean, this is a question for both of you. Could you imagine having all the characters in WCW? Because that was the goal. Well, I think they were gonna, ratings going down, it didn't go well. Right. Yeah. I, I think um, they were originally going to have a group, and it was going to be called the Warriors of Kiss. Yeah, and right. it was going to be all four original characters. But, yeah, it, it didn't end up working out. But... Could have been interesting. Yeah, yeah it's just it. a shame they didn't try it earlier. I feel like it was a last ditch effort to save a, ta a company that was going, you know, down and everybody kind of seen the writing on the wall. WWF was just, yeah, it was going. And like Vince had that, the, I mean, Stone Cold, they were moving. And it's yeah. like, let's, everybody loves Kiss. Let's do this parody thing. And it was just a little too late. Maybe it could have worked. I mean, Lord only knows now, but. Well, hey, look, Still the Gilbert cool. thing worked. Dude, a lot of weird sort of. stuff's gotten over in wrestling. It's very wrestling is such a weird entity, man. Because it's <laughs> the stupidest things like Austin three sixteen. 
yeah. was an accident. Like, yeah. The, yeah. Like you think years ago, Becky Lynch getting her nose broken in that epic pose on the, where she's like telling Ron to hit me or whatever. That was an accident. She wasn't supposed to get her nose broke. She, and then yeah. she became the man. And like the wrestling so funny because most of the best things that ever happened were by accident or just like by yeah. dumb luck. That's very true. I mean, I've noticed that. I noticed like over the times I see things that happen by accident. Those are usually the best moments. Yeah. Usually. And then there are times where. And how does one word become like the biggest thing ever in wrestling? The word what? (laughs) Dude, just think. Crazy. What? Yes. I got national. Give me a beer. What? Or 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 uh, Rock's famous. Um, it doesn't matter what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, being younger, my dad was always like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" It doesn't matter. It's like, oh my god, Dad, really? Like he'd do the same thing. It's like, but it's so catchy. And the Rock, like Nikki said earlier, is a legend on the microphone. Oh, I'm yeah. not the biggest oh, yeah. Rock fan. I'm a John Cena fan, so there's that kind of bitterness between those two. But yeah. The Rock was one of the best on the mic ever. Do was Absolutely. entertaining as hell. The fact he's one of the biggest stars in Hollywood is not a shock to me. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. He's he's uh when he walks into a room, he lights it up. You know, he's just he's just he's got the charisma for that. So. Um, and then Shawn Michaels comes in and kicks him in the face. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, okay, so um, another thing we we had um, discussed were. Yeah, Jeremy Schultz. What? <laughs> uh, now we're going to say stuff we're going to have in the comments. What? Every five seconds. There it is. <laughs> I got a couple. I'm uh, waiting give for, me a beer. Uh, here we I'm go. I'm waiting for Talk Chuck and Archie to jump in. We're going to have a what thing going here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, hey, guy, hey, Nikki, be sure to bring out a beer, okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> crap, crap, crush it over my head. You know. Um, ah! uh, there we so go. That, we got another one. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so the second thing that we, we thought of where rock and wrestling collided were um, there are musicians or wrestlers that are musicians, um, specifically Chris Jericho. Um, he had started his own band called Fozzy. And when they started, they were basically a, um, you know, an, an 80s rock throwback kind of a thing where they even played covers and everything like i remember uh, the first album they did had like stand up and shout by dio on it um, uh, yep in fact i got them right here oh yeah read off the read nice. off the list of the 80s rock covers on that uh let's see here uh the one you were mentioning the one with the pig yeah, yeah it has a uh, stand up and shout uh, by dio eat the rich by uh Kronkus. they do a great uh, stay one. hungry twisted sister a uh, prisoner uh, that was a good one, actually. They did a good job on that one with Iron Maiden. Uh, Live Wire by Motley Crue. Uh, End of Days. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's their like song they wrote because I can't I think, think of I think other. that might be yeah. Uh, and then there's Over the Mountain, uh, Blackout, Feel the Burn, Riding the Wind. A lot of good covers. You know, it's it's really interesting what uh, how you know Chris Jericho formed this band because it was originally an Aussie tribute band. Was it really? Because it's Aussie. Yeah, because uh, I talked a little bit about these guys on my uh, podcast, you know, when they were formed. Yeah, they, they, he was just, you know, doing it, uh, you know, on a side as a uh, Ozzy Osbourne tribute man. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
I didn't know where yeah, the guess, guess came from, but I guess that kind of makes sense if that's yeah. the case. All right. Oh, and another cool thing. I, I love their story here. Um, apparently, the story with Fozzie, because uh, you know Chris Jericho likes to you know make stories up. He said right. that he his band became very popular in Japan, and then they got trapped there for twenty years. They couldn't get out, <laughs> and then they finally get out of Japan, and they see all these bands, you know, the '80s bands that he likes ripping them off like you know it's yeah. like oh they're ripping all our stuff off because you know <laughs> covers <laughs> yeah yeah i remember just so you know uh, yeah moon was a moon goose mcqueen or mongoose mcqueen yeah. yeah something like that yeah, that's the name he went by and uh i remember when when they first like kind of came out and they were showing him on wrestling they were like uh definitely trying to make that whole thing where it was like you know, uh, this is Chris Jericho, but this is Moon Goose McQueen. They're they're not the same person, and all this kind of stuff. And then they also had like a a behind the music type thing where he he went more into that. Like we've been trapped in Japan for twenty years, and now we're back to reclaim our rights to play these songs. And <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, you know, Chris Jericho. You know, as a kid, I love him. I mean, I, I, I love him now. I've always loved loved him and respected him. But as a kid, I hated him. I thought <laughs> he was annoying. And I wanted, you know, any wrestler that was getting ready to face him to kick his butt, no matter whether they were, a you know, a bad guy or a good guy. I wanted his butt to get kicked. See, he was like the Shawn Michaels in WCW to me. Like, yeah, he was, he was just like that athlete, um, very talented dude in, in uh you know, in WCW, because I we would watch both. You know, we would, my dad had picture in picture at the time, and we'd watch WWF at the time on this screen, and then in the lower screen it would be WCW. So if anything cool came on, we would swap. Um, but uh, yeah, Jericho's just like to me one of the most talented, and he just like he's still like relevant. Like some of these wrestlers yeah. were were a big deal back in the day, and then you know they just kind of live off that for a while. And, and uh, I mean, Shawn Michaels not really trying to be a wrestler anymore, but when he comes back, he's living off the DX thing. He's living off of, you know, anything he did in the past where Jericho is constantly reinventing himself, which I find very interesting and inspiring, oh, yeah. especially what he's like 50. Uh, so. Yeah, he's like 50 years old. Uh, he's now in the AEW brand. Yeah, um, I haven't watched too much AEW to get my opinion on it. I mean, it's, it's pretty good so far. And, he does it a fantastic job of yep. what he's doing. Uh, he's yeah. called the champion. That's what he yeah, calls champion. <laughs> Dude, he's already had three or four different gimmicks in the year yeah. he's been there. He, like Nikki said, it's a great point. A lot of wrestlers live off their legacy way too, and that's all they have. Jericho, since he's been there, he's let El Champion. Like he's not even the champion. He hasn't been champion for months, but that's still his thing. He's yeah. <laughs> he's the champion now. He's the demo guy because even when NXT beats them in ratings, well, it doesn't matter. We won eighteen to forty nine because of me. I'm the demo guy. Like, and he's still on the good on the mic. He's putting over younger talent. He's entertaining as hell. Like yeah. he's so inter he's so good. But to Seabass's uh, point, when I was younger, I couldn't stand him either. But his when he first came to WWF, me and my buddy Chuck, we get every now and then we when we get to hang out, we'll sit back, we'll put on the network, and when that countdown goes off oh, in the yeah. middle of the Rock's promo, and he just comes out, and the Rock's like, "Who in the blue hell are you?" <laughs> like it's like one of the most epic intros into WWE back then WWF that I can remember because he comes out there and he 
beats the rock on the mic right off the bat. And it's like, who the hell is this guy? And back then he was just a guy that couldn't make it in WCW. Like they literally sat him for months and months and months. And he just waited for his contract to expire. Then he goes to the rival, you know, the company that ended up taking over. He's a top guy, the first ever undisputed champion, beat the Rock and Stone Cold in one night. You don't even hear about that no more, even no, though not at all. he could live off that for the rest of his life. But he's going to go down. It's like a Mount Rushmore thing, man. That fourth spot on my Mount Rushmore is like wide open. Yeah. He's tinkering there because he's oh, not done sure. yet. Like right? He could still have another two, three years in him. Yeah, there's been a lot of great stuff he's been doing with um, on AEW with uh, – was Matt Hardy? He had this rival with Matt Hardy, and he was doing this whole thing with his um, drone. The drone, the yeah. Oh, like he put, he got the drone yeah. over. Like the like, drone was trending on Twitter. Like yeah. what the, the, only Chris Jericho can do that kind of stuff. Right. Oh yeah. Then uh, Matt Hardy goes up to it, and he's like, you know, holding the, the the drone. He's like, "Why? Why did you do this? Why did you face the inner circle alone?" And I'm like, "He's talking to a drone." Yeah. <laughs> He gets some bizarre stuff over. That's what I said earlier about the weirdest stuff in wrestling clicks for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's a genius with that, man. He really is. Um, uh, and just so you know, when you brought up, you know, when he brought up the raw, it kind of reminded me what the rock said back to him when he was like, you come over here interrupting the rock and he don't even have the courtesy to introduce yourself. What is your name? Yeah. I told you already. It's, it doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's also done some other stuff with um he's been like especially during this whole quarantine thing like he's he's just like that guy that just doesn't stop like mm -hmm. his wife's got to be like uh you know like on him like slow down like good lord um uh, yeah he's in a band called quarantine he's doing yeah. things with uh bruce kulik it's like an 80 fish um, tribute yep um i saw like, the uh, song, he's song he's from heart of chrome yeah it's really good yeah, that that was a good video and a good cover. What yeah. I'm laughing about, though, is everybody's in their houses doing their thing. He's in his car. <laughs> Driving around, drinking a drink. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, like, he just, like, pick up a phone and say, all right, guys, I'm recording in my car. Right. There's <laughs> <laughs> those cheap music videos these days, right? Like, it, I think gotta do it. Dude, what like his music videos are like Judas. Every time I watch it, and I've probably watched it a hundred and fifty times, you would by now. Yeah. I always see something different. Like, oh, yeah. where is that? What is that thing? And like, you focus on Jericho because he's front and center. But like, it's such a good song. It is, and it's such an interesting video. Like, you always see something. Like, he's creatively, he's brilliant. Like yeah. that is going to be what AEW benefits the most from because when he's done, there's your creative guy. Sit right. him down in a room with Tony Khan and be like, listen, Khan, give me the money. I'll give you good product because I know how to create. And yeah. I don't know. I think Jericho is going to be with wrestling probably his whole career. He'll probably lean more towards when touring obviously comes back, hopefully soon when this pandemic's over. Like I was supposed to go see him, actually. That didn't happen. Yeah, it's been rough, but he's never going away, I don't think. I think he's going to be involved in wrestling to some, in some capacity forever. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, just to state, though, um, he's actually uh, trying to get his new album out uh, with Fozzie. Um, I think it was originally supposed to be called 2020, uh, hmm. but with all the crazy stuff happening, I guess he's renaming it to 2021. Oh, uh, he already nice. had the hit single, uh, Nowhere to Run. I don't know if you guys saw that video. I've heard really about good it. video. 
Yeah. Good song. Yeah. Really catchy. Yeah, Fozzie has, has, has gone mainstream within like they the did. last years when that, that newest album, Judas, came out. And right. uh, it's a really good album. I really didn't pay attention to Fozzie after those first two albums because I loved the whole 80s thing that he was doing. But after that, I really didn't pay attention when they went fully original um, until this album came out. And I was like, wow, holy cow, man, this one's really good. So uh, hopefully this next one will be like that. Oh, yeah, you got it. Cool. Yeah, I remember turning on an NXT show. This is back for NXT was on TV, and Judas was the theme. Oh, yeah. Jericho would come on Raw. That's right, yeah, it was. He'd be like, yeah, that's why you're using my damn song. And, like, he was an arrogant heel at that point. And it's like, holy shit, that's Chris Jericho. Because people forget that, like, NXT, he used in WWE, like, he didn't use part of his gimmick, but, like, they used it for a couple pay-per-views down in NXT before NXT was – on TV, I guess, every week. It's always been there, but now it's on, obviously, head-to-head with AEW now. But I think it's really cool when wrestlers can come out to their own song. Yeah. Like Elias cool. and Chris Jericho. And, like, these guys come out to their own albums, and it's like, that's so cool. Like, I wrote that. Yeah, it's mine. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't know why, but I don't know if it's just me, but Elias reminds me of the Honky Tonk Man. And also uh, one of the Wyatt brothers. I do not know why. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But maybe because he always dude, comes love, out with that guitar. I, dude, Elias to me is like their biggest drop ball in the last three yeah. years. Oh, like, yeah. he's like his four song first album got up to number two on iTunes the first night. Me oh. and my sister were at that Raw, and he got in, he kept coming out trying to sing that interrupt six times there. that night. Yeah. I was. There. He come on the stage. I think Kevin Owens was the last one. He's like, hell with it. I'm done. And then this this album got all the way up to number one on the soundtrack, uh, top 100 on iTunes. It got up to number five, I think, on the top 100 albums for a couple days. But he's only writing four songs. But the dude's got a look. He can play the guitar. Oh, he's really good. Uh, he, he's got, he, Vince McMahon likes those big buff dudes. Like He's got all, everything that you think Vince would love. He can wrestle, too. Yeah, but they don't seem to get behind them. But I think I have every one of his shirts. I think I think he has a few new ones. But I've been the biggest Elias guy since he was the drifter that Chris Jericho oh. put over. Yeah, if you remember, right when Chris Jericho's out. like, "Who the hell was that?" Yeah, and it was Elias, and they had a brief little feud because he kept playing guitar when Chris was talking. He's like, "Who the hell are you?" And that was kind of their thing. So Jericho even kind of put Elias on the map. So it's yeah. kind of cool. I guess that that's kind of another point that we really didn't discuss, but uh, characters in wrestling that are uh, musicians, like, well, I guess that's kind of this topic, but it, it's not really what I was meaning. Like, uh, you know, you have the honky tonk man or you have Elias. Um, I'm sure there was probably other ones too that I'm not thinking of, but there were actually characters in wrestling that were musicians or, you know, um, that was their gimmick. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, their gimmick. Yeah, a lot of them's branched out. I was doing research last oh, night, and it's yeah. like, did, did you oh, know that, um, who the hell Jeff was Jarrett. it? Remember um, he had, that's he had a guitar, Jeff Jarrett? That's right. Yeah. yeah. I got his, I met him once. Oh, did you really? Mall, at a mall in Middletown. It was him, Owen Hart, and Deborah. Oh, um, wow. That's cool. Two weeks later, that unfortunate event with Owen Hart happened. Mm -hmm. So I got his autograph. Me and my dad were there. We both got signed pictures with him, Deborah, and Jeff Jarrett, because they ran together back then. So that was pretty 
crazy because back then pay-per-views were 50 60 bucks and oh yeah we weren't buying this or for my birthday they were like we're going to get you this one and that was the one that owen hart unfortunately uh yeah. that whole ordeal happened and i was just sitting there like i just met him yeah <laughs> like two weeks ago i was nine or ten years old i think at this point i'm like dad what the i just met this guy is this fake and then wwe you know they sent out a replacement i think it was stone cold or something i forget who uh, they sent out a replacement, and I was just like, "So this is storyline." And then you re afterwards, obviously, you see, no, not yeah. so much. But yeah, yeah, I remember watching that show live as well. That was a very sad day. Owen Hart, great, great performer. He was that guy was unbelievable. Stuff that he can do with uh, also with uh, British Bulldog. I mean, they did an amazing mm -hmm. match. And when I, you know, read in the history of what happened with Owen, it was like, wow. Yeah. Great talent lost. Yeah. Very underrated too, I thought. He could have been one of the best ever if he would have uh stayed with us a lot longer. For yeah. sure. Did any of you watch that uh that documentary on him? It was Beyond the Ring, I think it was. Dude, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I um, watched that. Wow. We um me and my buddy, Chuck, uh, we were like, we're not gonna talk about this on the show, but we watched it and then we did an episode strictly about it. Like, all right, we have yeah. to, and like the Crispin Wah thing as well. Cause they did a very good yeah, dark. I, one. I, I won't even lie. I teared up on that one a few times. Oh, like yeah. the Crispin, Crispin Wah one and the Owen Hart one. I was dark side of the ring does a great job. They do. Yeah. I was uh, very sad that they dropped the China one. They were about to do. They, they decided not to do it about a week ago, which I, I was like actually that. looking forward to that one. But uh, yeah, dude, I teared up on both. It was really rough to watch. Yeah, I'd like to watch the China doll one. I wonder why they got didn't didn't want to do that. Huh. Hmm. Well, might I think the rumor was there was information about Triple H, and there might have oh, been some pushback. Yeah. Okay. From uh, the billionaire himself, so uh, <laughs> maybe that did it. Vince uh, could probably Vince could probably buy that dark side of the ring with like the money in his back pocket. So they probably just didn't want to push their luck. Yeah, good point. That's a good point. Um, so, another topic. Um, or were you going to say something? Actually, no, no, not at all. I was. Uh, I actually lost my train of thought. You can go ahead, Nikki. Oh, I was just going to say uh, another thing where rock and, and, and wrestling collided is where the wrestlers walk out to entrance music, and uh, several um, you know wrestlers have come out to rock songs uh, by you know bands. I think right now they have like. A, a like a single creator for like all that music but back in the day they used to like source it from different bands or uh what are they whether they wrote it themselves or, or they went out and, and had it uh had someone do one for them but i think most famously uh triple h uh had uh lemmy do his theme song called the game and uh and that was that was huge uh oh yeah the motorhead I, did did that that was like the moment when you know triple h really you know he did he wasn't like you know that aristocrat guy anymore he wasn't right heel that we all knew he came out as just big buff badass looking dude and saying uh, you know it's time to play the game y'all and you know i think the, the guy that actually wrote the song you know jim johnson you know the guy that's been writing music for wwe for a long time i don't even know if he still does it now but unfortunately yeah. you don't i didn't think he did but he you know wrote those three songs for triple h and had motorhead do it and it just fits so perfectly 
Yeah. And I, I know one of the fans here that's watching us yeah. right now mentioned uh, the performance at WrestleMania 21 when it was Triple H versus uh, Batista and Motorhead came out, you yeah. know, performing. And that, that was a great, that was cool. Like seeing a band doing the entrance music with Triple H coming out, that was just amazing. Doing yeah. Triple H got his butt kicked, though. <laughs> they uh, they also had a, a. There's a couple other ones on here that um, that came up was Kid Rock doing the Undertaker, which uh, American yeah, Badass. That's right. right. Yep. yep. And then Limp Biscuit. So didn't they do? Didn't he do Rolling as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You hear the uh, Dong Dead Man Walking. Keep rolling, yeah. rolling, rolling. Yep. <laughs> and then my friend is actually a um, a wrestler. His name's Ryan Michaels um and yeah he's he's saying the game evolution king of kings were all by motorhead so yeah that's that evolution was really badass i thought yeah. oh like yeah lying in the sand for all four of those guys yeah yeah so i think it was I, evolution man what a great tag team i mean you might have hated them when you were younger but you're growing up you realize those guys they were a perfect setup you know you had mm -hmm. the present the past and then you had the two futures, you know, Batista and Randy Orton. It was just like that was such a great setup. Can't believe yeah, they yeah. broke up that, but they 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 nailed it really well with that team. Yeah. Yeah, Cody, yeah. my friend Cody said Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know who does his song, but it is a it is like a rock I like his theme song. Oh, the yeah, rock Shinsuke, star, you know. Shinsuke does a great job with this. Dude, every time he like, like I saw a live event here in Ohio and like his music stopped and it's his music dropped, I should say, and it's just like, it's, and the lights are all flashing. He's got the most bizarre looking entrance because he's like falling down and all this stuff. And it's like, he's got a nice little banger of a song, though. I don't know yeah. who does it either, but he has a very cool entrance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think he changed it up because he turned heel and he didn't want Yeah. So they couldn't him. sing with him. Yeah. But uh, another, another, uh, I don't know if you would necessarily call it an entrance music. Maybe it's an outro music. Uh, is when Meta when the Undertaker or did he roll in to that? He well, rolled in or to the Metallica. Well, so, um, or both. So basically, um, there was a WrestleMania twenty seven. Uh, was it or twenty eight? I can't remember which number. Um, uh, Triple H, Undertaker went against each other, and they had uh, a Metallica song. Uh, Fortune, fame, living fame, the memory, the memory remains song, yeah, uh, with their feud, and that was a great song. But I think you're talking about when uh, it was supposed to be Undertaker's, you know, last performance. Yeah, uh, with like the cinematic mania. Yeah, yeah, they had oh, the no, now we're dead yeah. theme. That that was a good theme and such a good setup. How AJ Styles comes out of the casket, and you're like, oh come oh. on, AJ. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you see Undertaker on his bike and you just flip out like, oh my gosh, <laughs> he's he's the American badass. And I'm like, actually, he's all three. Holy cow. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was a that was a great the both cinematic wrestling matches on this year's WrestleMania were the best parts of both nights, in my opinion. That that made that made that WrestleMania quite quite worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, and I love I how didn't... they split them in two different nights yeah. as well. Oh yeah, yeah. that was great. Because like the Bray Wyatt thing, if you would have played the Boneyard after that, I'm still trying to figure out what the hell I just watched after yeah. that ended. <laughs> so like, because it shows Titus O'Neil and he's just like, I don't know what I just saw. And then it goes to like a a quick commercial and it's like everybody regroup. <laughs> right. And what's interesting is that still hasn't been technically explained, and I think it will eventually. I think well, it's gonna. 
circle back around when John Cena comes back or something. Unless that was him being retired, but I think that that's too... Well, if you watch the uh, documentary Last Ride, he kind of does talk about it. You know, he did state that he didn't plan on having that type of match, you know, because he and AJ already had a match set up. I'm talking about um, The Fiend and... uh, Oh, oh, you're talking about The Fiend. Okay, I thought you were talking about... The uh, only thing that I could find about that is so you know how cena had the rep as burying people right Right. like john cena the golden shovel he comes out and buries you so apparently every line that bray says outside of you know the funny stuff he's saying it's like saturday night's main event where he's like look at him there's a the last line of every promo that cena says literally like when you watch those promo videos that lead you to the pay-per-view the last line of every WrestleMania that he ever buried somebody, this line was used in that video. Oh, so wow. this was Bray's payback for all those people that Cena buried, including himself at WrestleMania, I think, 30. Yeah. And, you know, Bray, the Fiend, it's all about getting retribution for the past. So that was, I think, one of the things because they made a lot of little hints at like when he buried Bray, when he buried, um, I don't even like Ziggler at one point. It wasn't a mania, but it was like it was very creatively done by him and Bray to where we'll literally you could sit down for like probably two or three days and be watch it over yeah. and over and be like, I see seventy-five different things. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought was so cool about it. I, I've watched it several times and uh, same thing. It's like, oh I just pick up on this. Oh, I just pick up on this. Yeah, Bray's uh, brilliant wrestling Bray is creatively brilliant and John Cena obviously understands the business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I actually agree with you told me, uh, you know, last time, you know, they said that, you know, John Cena is such a misunderstand type of guy that that claims he buries everybody, even though he really technically doesn't. I mean, what did you say about that? Because I remember you you and I talked about it on uh, Facebook Messenger. Yeah, it's um, he gets all this shit for burying people. But think of all the people he's put over. Like right. and that are still around. Like his, granted, Randy Orton was over, but who who can forget the like? It felt like ten year feud they had where they fought every damn pay per view for the title. They fought every pay per view for about a year and a half. I felt like, and they just played hot potato with the belt. But like you talk about people like Ziggler, he won the title from Cena. I mean, Ziggler became relevant because of Cena. He beat him in the ladder match. I forget what. I feel like it was a TLC kind of pay-per-view, but he put over so many. Hell, I remember watching SmackDown and Carlito. You want to go back that far? Carlito came and beat John Cena for the U.S. belt. You think about his U.S. Open Challenge where he put on the greatest match every Monday on Raw. Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. Nobody knew who AJ Styles was really outside of the W, you know, New Japan. Who People watch it, but who really religiously watches that or TNA, right? He put right. AJ Styles over. He really put him, Kevin Owens, when he came from NXT. John Cena's put him over right away. KO came out, powerbomb Cena, pinned him clean. If you could keep up with John Cena, you were over instantly. Right. Sure. Did he win? Absolutely. He's your face of your company. But the burying thing, I think, is more of, I don't like the word jealousy, but just kind of like, okay, we've seen enough of this guy because they could have scaled it back with putting him down as a John Cena fan. There's times where I'm like, all right, give him a week or two off and then bring him back. 
but like every week, main event, main event. He's on Raw and SmackDown because back then the brand split's always kind of been hit or miss. But uh, I think he got a lot more crap than he deserved for mm-hmm. burying people. I think he did more help than harm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's just the same with Triple H as well. I mean, he gets a lot of crap for burying people, and I'm he like, well, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I think under uh, I think Triple H has, you know, brought out a lot more people than what people realize. I mean, he's lost the belt like what thirteen times because you know he's like a thirteen yeah. or fourteen world heavy world cha- champion. So look at uh, Evolution. I mean, you exactly. brought that up. Orton and Batista were the. I mean, they never. Orton was close to being the guy, but there was Cena. Batista was big around the same time where Cena was technically the guy, but like they were both main event stars for a long hell. Orton, Orton in the last year, I think this is the best Randy Orton we've seen. Edge coming back, I think's like. That fire that he ha- didn't have all the time has been relit because he's been fantastic the last year. Mm. I hope yeah. Edge does recover very um, soon. They're saying Royal Rumble bomb. again. They're hinting toward having fans. I'm I'm hoping that it'd be kind of corny, I guess, because he did it last year. But if Edge comes back, I just want Edge to come back. They're saying Rumble yeah. possibly, so we'll see. Uh, hmm. That made my day when he came back. I like I I lost my crap when he when I, I was like oh I my jumped God. off the couch. I dropped my phone. My parents were like, <laughs> "Why are you screaming? All the dogs are barking." They're like you're you're a twenty you're a thirty year old man. What is wrong? What the hell? And they're all screaming at me because we have three little dogs at my parents' house. This is typically, where I watch wrestling. Um, they screamed at me like, "What?" The? I was like, "Edge is back!" Like we don't care. Did you dent our floor? And I'm like, "My bad." I didn't think he'd ever come back. I read the dirt sheets, but I was like, they've been saying Edge is coming back for years now. I didn't think, when you heard, you think you know me, I was like, holy shit. I never thought this would ever happen. (laughs) Well, you don't know him. You don't know him at all. (laughs) And he also had my favorite entrance was when Zombie covered. Rob um, Zombie, right. Come here and do me. I think they added that part in the Never Gonna Stop. That was always, I remember that CD. I forget exactly what the CD's called, but it was track nine. I dude, I played that so much, I think I broke the CD, I wore the CD out. Like, that was my favorite entrance song of, like, all time still to this day. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Now, hey, Nikki, now this is something you may like because uh, – because uh, we mentioned that, you know, there were bands that performed on, you know, Raw, SmackDown, and all the other bands that I can't think of at the moment. But Motley Crue was a big one. Yeah, and, uh, Motley played what, Raw? Yeah, they played on Raw and also on uh, Sunday nights. I forget what it was called. Uh, was that Heat? Really... Yeah, Sunday Heat. Thank you. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, and that was also the time when Tess was uh, trying to become a big superstar because he was the bodyguard. Right, like his whole character was he was like an, an 80s rock uh, bodyguard or something back in the day. And it ended up being like Motley Cruz, right? That At least right. that night, he came out and checked their mics and stuff. But that's how he got his name, because he kept on testing Vince Neil's mic. Oh, and they were just really? like, yeah, that's cool. That's, I didn't I know that. But what's, even what's cooler is here's the Generation X, uh, you know, Billy Gunn, Road Dogg, and uh, I always get mixed up with his name, uh, X-Pac or how – you know what I? You know who I'm talking about. Um, they're sitting there like, if you know, if you're not down with Motley Crue, we got two words for you and all that. And then here's Tess, you know, trying to keep the fans away from the van. You know, he picks up one fan and just throws them back to the crowd. And I'm like, did he just do that? <laughs> yeah, like, is I mean, that in the script? There were it's there like, were tons of bands that actually played on like wrestling. I'm trying to think of all the other ones. Like Cody said. Uh, 
um, Nita Strauss played yeah, Nita Strauss. Play who who is Alice Cooper's guitar player. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played um, Shinsuke's music when he walked out at WrestleMania. Okay. So, who else like played a, a wrestler out like? Um, well, the, Lemmy. Well, this isn't entirely. Yeah, yeah, Lemmy Motorhead. Um, uh, one guy. He's not entirely '80s. Um, but since you kind of brought it up, it was Marilyn Manson with Rob Van Dam. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, one of a kind. Yeah, it uh, wasn't. Uh, that was well breaking points to ban, but I forget. I haven't really watched it. I just know that Marilyn Manson had something to do with uh, Rob and. I think that's kind of cool because okay. Rob's another one of my favorite wrestlers, and I wish he'd come back, but I understand. Yeah, I remember there was that band that played DX's music. Um, I can't remember what they were called, but they weren't uh, 80s either. They were no, just... they were not. The Chris kind... Warren Band? Is that what they are called? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, uh, that's they were... when I was looking it up last night. I was like, that, that doesn't sound like a band. Like, oh, You know yeah. what I mean? Like. They came up with DX. Like I feel like the band name would not be the Chris Warren band, but yeah, no offense to Chris Warren, but I just I don't know. Didn't Maybe it's just uh, me? Didn't well, well, I think they covered it. It was disturbed. Well, Stone Cold. Okay. Yeah. Drown. Oh, they did. Yeah. 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 Right. Glass shatters. Okay. Yeah. That was because I remember that was, I think was on the same CD as that damn. I'm gonna have to figure out where that CD is. Yeah. Buy me one, but uh. Yeah, because they covered Glass Shatters because they used to come out with those WWF CDs with like all their entrances on it because they used to change them and have different artists. Yeah. And Saliva did a couple because they did Batistas and then they played the Dudley Boys out with uh, Turn the Tables. And of course, Drowning Pool did a few. Oh, yeah. They played Drowning Triple Pool. H's. One. But my favorite was on Living Color. I always thought it was badass that CM Punk could come out the cold of personality. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yes, that was great. At WrestleMania 29, they played him out, and I was like, I Living love Cold Like live? Huh? Yeah. WrestleMania no 29, they played him out to the ring, and I always was fascinated with that CM Punk best in the world thing because that's when he did the pipe bomb, and CM Punk was never hotter than that time. And then he came back with the, that song that Vince actually paid out of his pocket to Living Color to let them to let Punk use that. Like he paid him, I think it was like 50 grand a month to use that song. Wow. Wow. So I think it's, it's a month or like 50 grand every couple months, but a couple million dollars or around a million bucks a year to use that song. So when they performed at 29, I wasn't even the biggest punk guy. He was the heel, but all the, and I was always, I always root for the baby face, even though I like John Cena and he got booed more than anybody else. Yeah. But that was one of the biggest ones that stood out. But see, in Kid Rock earlier, because the Undertaker's entrances were always epic. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, Kid Rock played him out once, uh, like live. I think so. Um, or was they, it? He did. He's performed a few times. I don't know if he actually played him out. He's played ball with the ball, cowboy. Like he's performed. I know he's guest hosted a few times. I think he played. I might have to look it up. I thought at one point he played Roland. Okay. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's so much that we. That, that we're figuring out here for ourselves. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like you said, there was Motley that played live. There was Kiss that played live on there. There was uh, there's all kinds of bands that uh, ended up playing on on wrestling shows, um, whether it be at a pay per view or a Raw or a SmackDown or whatever. But uh, the other cool thing, and I think this is kind of our last uh, topic where rock and wrestling collided, where um, 
like rock star, you know, guests on the show. Uh, so one example would be Alice Cooper was Jake the Snake's like I don't I don't know if you'd call him manager or valet or something. I, I don't know if is that what you call a man that walks <laughs> a man. Yeah, I mean he was him. right there on his corner <laughs> during yeah. WrestleMania three. And uh yeah. kind of came out and uh you know stood in and Jake the Snake's corner. Um right. which was pretty cool. It's kind of interesting because apparently, um, you know, Alice Cooper um, was trying to, you know, get back into the music business, trying to get big again because, you know, he had his, you know, problems in the 70s. And I mm-hmm. guess uh, the WrestleMania 3 was his big break that got, got made him, you know, slightly bigger than what he was before. What year was that? Uh, this was 1987, actually. It was uh, March 21st. I forget what year he is. WrestleMania 3. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, okay. And, but he, uh, you know, he came out, he said like, wow, I have a new respect for wrestling because, you know, he was always a boxing fan. He never really, you know, got into wrestling. Gotcha. But man, he did a great job in that, in the ring corner, you know, taking out the snake and going up against honky and just like, you know, scaring the crap out of him. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And it was also the day when I became a Jake, Jake fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. But another guest person that came out. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention them. Um, Ozzy Osbourne uh, made a guest appearance on on Raw and SmackDown and also WrestleMania 2, believe it or not. Yeah, they managed the British Bulldogs. Really? Yeah. No, and they actually I, won the championships that night. <laughs> I was actually watching that match earlier. And Ozzy, I, I don't know if he's uh, still on his drugs or anything, but he's sitting there like, yeah, British Bulldogs, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's and great. That, and all, and uh, me and Josh were talking about this. What if Ozzy was in the ring fighting the boogeyman? Wouldn't that be great? That would yeah, be it's like, who, who would be his ideal opponent? Like, I, I'd like for him to fight the boogeyman. I'd like for Ozzy to be out there, like, just mouthing off, and then, like, the lights go off, then come back on, and the fiend's just staring at him. Like, Ozzy's reaction to what the hell's in front of me would probably be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd love for him and Sharon to be in the ring, because uh, she was there with him in 09 when he was at Raw, and he'd be like, Sharon, what the what the hell is this in front of me right here? <laughs> but he was he was a very enter- – he's obviously an entertaining guy and obviously a legend in rock, but, like, anytime he was on Raw, the rating popped because it's oh. Ozzy. Like, what is yeah. he going to do? What's he going to say? Is he going to go off script? Is he drunk? Like, what is – the dude was just – he's a star. Like, there's no doubt. Wherever he was, people wanted to see him. Yeah. I could see it already. Uh, Ozzy, the fiend, appears right there, and he's like, what the – Sharon, the yep. fiend's after me. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't think of any other guests off the top of my head that were um, on wrestling. Although – Jeremy Schultz, this is a long one. It's covering you guys up. It said uh, Cindy Lauper managed the uh, WWF ch- Women's Champ. Um, Wendy Richter. Rock and Wrestling Connection began. Oh, that's interesting. It, it, that's when it really blew up because that really helped wrestling back in those days. Like when she appeared, it kind of really helped them take off because she was the first kind of artist that got put in the hall of fame yeah that's true now you have five or six uh like kid rocks in the hall of fame now yeah um, that's true she really helped 
back in the day because she was very popular and wrestling was still kind of like, I think it was right near WrestleMania one or something when she kind of busted on and kind of helped. Cause that was when Andre and Hulk and everything. So yeah, she comes to mind with, I was talking to some of my friends yesterday. I was like, dude, I'm trying to st- like, I haven't watched some of this stuff in years. And like Cindy Lauper. And it's like, everybody said Cindy Lauper. It was like, why? And they're like, look at what she did. So I Google and I was like, damn, she's kind of responsible for helping wrestling really grow in the early eighties. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, back then wrestling needed, you know, famous stars to come out and kind of help it grow. But I think wrestling's so big now that it brings artists kind of like what it's doing with the NXT uh, it, it, with like the music that they have on there. Like they have a song of the month or whatever it is. Um, yeah. But wrestling is now helping rock music. You know what I mean? How, mm-hmm. how it's come full circle, you know, where, um, you know, like I said, rock music was helping them because rock music were huge stars well rock music isn't as popular as it was at one time and now wrestling is helping it grow which is right. pretty cool if you think about it, it is. well hey Nikki, do you this. ever do you ever want to perform at wrestling hmm? do i ever want to of course yeah you want to like you know take take the arena rock show and get out there and go like all you crazy wrestling fans out there let's kick it yeah, uh, my friend on here, Ryan Michaels, we had talked about how it would be cool to do a rock and wrestling show where we played a concert and they also had a wrestling match uh, maybe before or after or whatever. And um, that would be fun. That'd be a fun concept. Uh, we haven't figured out how to make it work yet, but it would be well, fun. I'm wearing my Bret Hart shirt. Uh, I can, you know, pretend to be Bret Hart. There you I'm go. My butt kick, but because I can't perform to sharpshooter as well as he could. We'll be we'll be a tag team and, and Josh can be our manager. I was going to say, I, I can, I, I can uh, just channel my inner Paul Heyman. I there can be go. the manager. I don't want to take no bumps. You'd be the talk. You'd be the, the talking guy. That's fair. Yeah, and then I accidentally tag you in. Oh, wrong tag. Wrong tag. He's in. No, no, no. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. Yeah, I'd be the uh, cowardly heel manager, I think, would be the character I would play. <laughs> I'll be the quirky. I'll be uh, the flamboyant, quirky uh, wrestler. You know, he can kind of fight, but he gets scared a little. So every time he gets into the ring, he's like, uh, nah, nah. Are you a good guy I, or are you a bad guy? I think I'll be in between because okay. I, I think I can try to pull off the heel look, but I'll try to be more of the good guy. What about you? Who do you see I, yourself as? I feel like I could be an easy bad guy. I feel like being a bad guy is way easier uh, in, in wrestling than it is to be a good guy. Like uh, to make people like you is actually kind of hard, but it's very easy to make people hate you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think I would, uh, I think I would be a bad guy and I don't know. I'd probably have to, I'd have to have like some mask or something, you know, so you have cool. your, and you have your guitar as your weapon, you know, just there come out. It's like, I'm Nikki star. And I am the best in this business. I am better than Elias, and I'm better than that honky tonk guy. And I can prove it to you. I can see you doing that. I was yeah. gonna say, team, with, why don't you team with Elias? The dude needs some gold. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, and they need like they need some that. tag teams, man. Uh, I'll be electric work. guitar. It'll be acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, cool guys. Um, I think that's it. I think we've uh, we've we've come to the end of this. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, and uh, I think I've learned a couple of things in the process. So, um, you know, uh, uh, do we need yeah. a good uh, we need a good theme to end this? You know, I, I don't think you have your guitar hooked up, but we need to play. Uh, 
we need to play across the nations because that was probably one of my favorite themes from WWE. Come on, we got to play it. Do we have it? Uh, we got it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, cool, man. Well, until uh, next time, uh, Josh, thank you very much for, for coming on here and, uh, and talking with us. And, uh, you know, everybody check out the boardroom and uh, that's, you know, D E B O R D room. Uh, if you want to search that on Facebook and then there's what the buzz.com. Uh, on Facebook, is it WTB.com? Yeah. You type that in. Yeah, because you type in Buzz, a bunch of stuff pops up. But uh, that and then uh, regularly scheduled hostilities. Yes, it's a lot to type. But if you type in RSH, it generally pops up as well. That's my wrestling only podcast I do with my uh, buddy Chuck Winchester. That's not his real name. That's a name he created because he thinks he's a wrestler. And then my little sister Yvonne's go. on that as well. So, uh, oh, very cool. like I said, Tyson Kidd's going to be on tomorrow. So I'm going to try not to like, It'll be the second time, so I'm still going to try to not piss my pants because it's still like, holy crap, why is yeah, this guy give a crap about what I have to say? But that's so cool. What, what time is that? Six o'clock. Six o'clock tomorrow night on which which channel, the wrestling one? So you can watch it on uh, the Facebook of What the Buzz, and then it'll be on my the What the Buzz Twitter, which is the same at, as you see by my name, and then at RSH Wrestling on Twitter as well. So the Facebook page is the easiest way to see that. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll have to definitely tune into that. And uh, and also um, check out uh, uh, my page, Rockin' with Seabass, always available to learn more history of rock. I'm going to yeah. post another episode soon, so stay tuned for that. Awesome. Uh, that's pretty much all we got. Uh, is there anything for you, Nikki, that you need to say? Uh, no, uh, we, we've been working on a bunch of stuff as far as uh, production for next year. Um. And uh, I'm actually holding something right here. You can't see it, but this costs a lot of money. <laughs> and for the packaging, it looks a, like it is. It'll be a big, big part of our show next year, and um, so we're excited about that. And then we're excited about some other stuff uh, that I can't tell you about. But uh, we're playing New Year's Eve. Um, I'll be there. JD Legends. Yeah, cool. My parents are going to see you guys for the first time. Oh, very I cool. I told them, I was like, you guys got to. And they're like, what are you doing on New Year's? I was like, I don't know. It depends. Are we on like five o'clock curfew at that point? Then <laughs> your concert got announced. I remember I messaged you and T-Bone and I was like, uh, I'm going to this. And they're like, we want to go. So we bought a table. So that'd be pretty cool. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for doing that. And hopefully uh, I will have friends coming with me this time. Because oh, nobody's good. going up to that with me and that other show. <laughs> Yeah, we went to what, Mr. Speed the, the other day. Yeah. Fun, yeah. But, uh, well, cool, man. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys New Year's, and maybe we'll have to do another show here uh, uh, before then. So um, I don't know if uh, Josh knows any any rock history or not, but uh, if you do, we'll have to have you back on. So, uh, Sounds good. Cool, man. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. And, uh, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Keep rocking.